Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, a typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. On this edition of On the Mark with yours truly, Mark Carmen, D'Angelo Russell talking sneakers and his new location with the Golden State Warriors. Ashley Young and the Eagles are in the news. Ethan Blumenthal wants to come to my wedding. And Robert Ford, the voice of the Houston Astros. How are the Astros still the best team in baseball? On the Mark with Mark Carmen starts right now. Kicking off the show today, the NFL season coming around. Ashley Young is here. Ashley's back from Philly. Pittsburgh, Philly. Just made my way across Pennsylvania. What were you doing there? My sister got her master's. Shout out, Kristen. Do you like your sister? I love my sister. Are you the favorite sister in the oh, family? Oh, God, no. God, no. And what about the brother? He's the favorite. So you're number three of three? Yeah. We did, they just got progressively better. Like, what, I was the first. What have you done wrong? Um, you know, I don't think I did anything wrong. They just are really great people. Okay. They went up to me. All right, fair enough. Uh, so, you are a huge Philadelphia Eagles fan. The Eagles mm-hmm. are in the news. They have a cheerleader. His name is Kyle, I'm hoping it's Tangway. T-A-N-G-U-A-Y. Now, when I think male cheerleaders, I think high school, I think college, I think dudes in a coaching outfit, basically, and lifting up girls and putting their hands on their butts. This guy is not doing any of that. He is doing every routine that the female cheerleaders are doing, and some people love it, and some people are giving him a hard time. I think Kyle is uh, tougher than, I don't know, 95% of the football players on the field to be able to actually sit there and do that uh, in front of 60,000, 100,000, however many people go to Eagles games. you as an Eagles fan, did you want a male cheerleader? I think it's awesome. I think that it's one of those things, if you're so bent out of shape about the cheerleaders, are you even a football fan? Like, if that's why you're going to watch the games and you're concerned about what's going on on the sideline, that's an issue in and of itself. Secondly, I think it's really cool. It's an opportunity. I think he's the fourth in NFL history, fourth male, Mm -hmm. to be a cheerleader. The Rams had two in the Super Bowl last year, and I think there's a dude on the Saints um, you know, they work just as hard. They've danced their whole lives. It's hyper competitive. These tryouts, hundreds of girls, if not thousands, come out for like a 30 person roster. 
So for him to make the cut, that's incredibly talented. Way to go, Kyle. Congratulations. Now I have some questions for you. All right, let's do it. Number one, were you a cheerleader in high school and or college or middle school? What do you think? I'm going to guess no. No, No, I was not. Okay, were you friends? No. You didn't have any friends? I did dance, though. Okay, you did dance. And I feel like that this is more dancing than, you know, acrobatics, lifting. But you weren't on the pom-pom squad. No. You weren't on the cheerleading Mm -mm. squad. You wanted nothing to do with any of that. You were an athlete yourself. Yeah. Right. So... I, back in the day, when mm-hmm. I was a high school kid, would pay attention to the cheerleaders. Cheerleaders are cute. Right. They're, not, they're wearing great outfits for high school kids. It's mm-hmm. lots of fun, right? <laughs> same thing in college. Yeah. I would love to date a cheerleader. Those women are really cute, and they go to the same school as me. Maybe one would go on to go out with me, although I don't think we would necessarily be a fit uh, you know, personality-wise, perhaps. We don't need to go down that road. But my point is... I don't notice the cheerleaders at an NFL football game. Like, why do we have cheerleaders? I guess we have them because we want to sell calendars where mm-hmm. with scantily clad women. I don't want to get on the old high horse here, but it seems kind of unnecessary, Ashley. I would have to agree. And I feel like we're going down a rabbit hole here. Those women, they all have full-time jobs outside of that. They are not paid appropriately for the time I, I, I that they ba- put into that. Yeah, I don't feel so bad for them, though. You know what you're going to get paid. Like, you, you're signing up. That's but cool. is that right? Is that fair? I, I, the NFL has so much money. So much money. Yeah, but, okay. I mean, sure, they could pay them more, but at the end of the day, they, they this is something that I clearly they would basically do for free. They just, they, they, they're having a good time. I, I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that i mean if you're making like less than minimum wage well if you're using it in theory as a platform to advance your career dancing in whatever way and it gets you exposure and who knows where it leads to paula abdul was a lakers cheerleader i know that's not the story for most but right um you know, there's this is the way the world works. There's seven zillion people behind you that are willing to do it, mm-hmm. who are borderline equally as talented and borderline equally as pretty or whatever. And so, if you don't want to do it, well, they, they will. That's it sucks, but that's I mean, that's really the life of the world of broadcasting too. Until that is true. You, until you actually really crack through. Uh, but my my thing is like. We're adding on now. We're bringing men in. So we're going to have men and women, and, and, and that's going to make it right versus, like, how about, you know, I don't know. I'm going to the football game. I pay 0.0001 tenth of a moment with the cheerleaders. Like, basketball for me, you got a timeout. They run out onto the field, mm-hmm. run out on the court. They're kind of right there. It's, I mean, I watch the routine. I give an applause. Okay. It's not freezing out, right? They're, right. You don't feel bad that they're in these outfits. I don't know. I, it does. It's just for me in football and cheerleaders especially on the NFL level, seems ridiculous. It seems a little pointless. Like, what does it add? Right. But go Kyle. I'm I'm Team Kyle. I mean, for as many people on my timeline that are bashing him, there are twice as many people bashing the bashers. Being like, this guy's literally sticking his neck out for ridicule. Like, that is the grittiest, most Philly thing you could do. So it's nice to see that. But I do feel for the guy, especially that outfit they put him in. Right. It's rough. I I, I, I don't want to... You know, go too dark down here, but does he really need to have the pom poms too? Can't he have like a? Can there be a little separation here? He's got to do everything exactly the same. I mean, boys and girls are different. Let the guy do. I feel I, like, but like you can't think of it in terms of like male cheerleader, female cheerleader. It's like one unit of dancers performing the same routine. Okay, fine. it would look weird. It uh, would look uh, like he dropped them. Okay, em. fine, it makes sense. You the, know what I mean? I got it. I got it. I'll say one more thing. Go for it. You know what's really awkward about cheerleading when you're in the media world? Hmm. So I, you know, 
do halftime and whatnot at Northwestern basketball games. Okay. I'm sitting at the scorer's table. These are college kids. They're right in front of me, and they're, they're being lifted up and all sorts of things. Like, am I supposed to look and be like, wow, or am I supposed to not look away because I feel uncomfortable that you're right in front of me and this feels really awkward? Yeah. So that's another place where it's like, I, it, you know? I just don't get it. Yeah. I think that when people do like competitive cheerleading or competitive dance, it's incredible. But there are instances where I'm like, this feels a little right. out of place. And that's not any, uh, it's, that's at any single college campus mm-hmm. anywhere. Maybe it's my own stuff. Maybe I should just be able I don't to know. I don't have the, the answers. celebrate the beauty of the moment. <laughs> well, what about the Bulls? They have the, um, the so senior I, citizens come out. Right. I, lo- I, lo- I love that. Uh, yes. The, uh, what do they call them? The, uh, it's not the senior Bulls. It's the... Uh, the swinging seniors, what they're yes, the swinging yes. seniors, and I've taken a picture with the swinging seniors, and I think that's great. I I'm think obsessed. When, uh, right, you're old and you're still out there and you're enjoying your life. That's beautiful, and and I think it's great that um, the Bulls do that. Uh, and as a kid, I had such a huge crush on the Lovable Bulls. It was mm-hmm. it was borderline uncomfortable, um, <laughs> but uh, and I I still like the Lovable Bulls to me is like that. That's like the one area of cheerleading where I feel like it's because I don't you don't notice them. They're not on the baseline no. going, let's go. It's Zach annoying. Levine. Yeah, they, they come out, they do a dance routine mm-hmm. and that's basically it. And then they come out and they throw some T-shirts around. That's another thing. T-shirts. I'll never understand it. Really? I love the T-shirts. Why are you so excited to get a polyester nasty T-shirt? Because you are one of like 35,000 people in that arena. And you caught the T-shirt, and maybe it'll fit you. So it's it's about, a mystery. So it's about winning. You just it's, wanna, oh totally. It, it, okay, so okay, all right, right. You don't really want the shirt. You just want to be the person that catches oh it, God, yeah. and, and and hold it up. And I won, and you lost. Pretty much, yeah. Okay, it's bragging rights. As long as we're clear on that, we should then we should not call it the T-shirt toss. We should call it the T-shirt competition, Love and it's it. on now. And let's get let's get violent in the stands, or not violent, but let's get a box out going on here. Let's, let's make it what it is. The and, purge is and, that what it's called? Yeah, and maybe like, anything if, goes. And I think like if you if we want to go next level, if you catch this T-shirt, you, it entitles you to go to the concession stand and get. Uh, product of your choice from I hot love dog, this. nacho, uh, ice cream, beer. Beer, and, I'd go free beer. Right, fine, great. You want to have free beer? You catch this T-shirt. It's free beer. Now, now we can. Now, now we're really competing. I love that. that okay. T-shirt gun. All right. I want. I want. If any team does this, you heard it here and on the mark with Mark Carmen. I want money for that idea because that's a solid idea. D'Angelo Russell, great to talk to you today. Uh, let's, let's start with Foot Locker and, and you're working with, uh, the evolution of swoosh, which is a limited edition footwear and apparel collection, which is honoring the history of Nike's logo. And this is all about, uh, you being a sneakerhead and living the sneakerhead day. So explain what's going on here, D'Angelo. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of diehard sneakerheads or just sneaker fans in general of the evolution of the swoosh, um, and they've seen a transition over the years. Uh, which is kind of bringing that to light and, and appreciating, showing our appreciation for it. So, just to give you a little background on me, I know you're very interested about this. I mean, I grew up a diehard Michael Jordan fan. I wanted the ones, and then I want I wanted the twos, and then I wanted the threes. I thought that I had to keep these D'Angelo because I didn't think they'd ever do the remake. So that's that. That's my love. Give me a little background on your 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 sneakerheadness. 
man, I, I said, man, I, I was the guy that didn't care about shoes. And then as they started, as I started to, you know, play basketball and, and the shoe doors started to open up, I started to fall in love with them and try to get two or three of each pair just to keep up. But then, you know, closet space. And then I tried to go to collect my boxes and do all that. And then it was hard to move and transition there from home to home with all these boxes and stuff. So I just kind of, fell in love with my favorite pairs and, and try to keep those around. Did you have the means to, to get the shoes you wanted as a kid? Heck no. Uh, I was like I said, man, that, that first day of school feeling where you had a new pair of shoes, um, hopefully it wasn't the same pair the next person had. That was my excitement. Would you would guys in the neighborhood take care of you and get the shoe because they, they knew you had talent or, or was your – your your mom or your dad uh, basically, I don't know, doing st- getting you a shoe even though p- perhaps they couldn't afford it. Yeah, yeah, definitely along those lines. Um, definitely, my 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 parents, you know, we, we get shoes. Like I said, we go to school. Let's get a pair of shoes and a pair of basketball shoes and a pair of outside shoes. You know, so it was a little mixture of that. Um, but it, it it was something that slowly grew on me. I, like I said, I wasn't the sneakerhead coming right into it, and then it just grew on me, man. I love it now. Yeah. Do you, do you have a favorite now? As far as Jordans or just shoes, Nike, I know you mentioned the ones. So I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a one fan as well. <laughs> I mean, I love an answer on MJ, but you can you can go any which way if you want with the swoosh, if there's if something else comes to mind. You don't have your own, right? Am I, am I yeah. missing? Or do you? No, I don't. I don't. I wish. Um, I, I'm a fan, though. I'm a fan of comfortability. So if they're comfortable, um, I enjoy them. But I, I like the Air Max. They always make it make it comfortable with, with any one of those uh, specific types. Cool. All right, let's talk a little little on court here. Have you you and Steph connected yet? Have you guys had any conversations? Yeah, small, small, small talk. Small talk. I haven't, I haven't uh, got the chance to meet. And get up there, yeah. Um, good conversation with those guys. What was the hardest part about guarding and going against that guy? Because he is uh, one unique dude. Uh, he's a two-time MVP, so he's he's hard to guard either way. Uh, off screens with the ball in his hands, man. He just kind of he's a guy that's kind of flawless on the offensive end. So got a lot of guys like that in the league that are hard to contain. Yeah, so I, I people say like, well, D'Angelo's got to have the ball in his hands. He loves to run the pick and roll, and you ran that a ton last year. But you're also a catch-and-shoot guy. So, I mean, I'm seeing this as you can – I mean, you're going to have to give up some to get some, but it, there should be a lot of freedom for you on the court the way I'm thinking it. Yeah, I mean, I give Coach Kerr a lot of credit, man. He puts guys in the best position to do what they do, and – um that that maximizes me being a pick and roll player, or if that maximizes me being a catch and shoot playmaking guard, I I feel like I'm willing to adapt, and I'm 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 excited for whatever that situation may be. Yeah, and I I was reading some of your comments about you know you get teams make business decisions and whatnot, and, and that's you know that's happened to you a couple times right now, but it it's gotta you know you you understand it, but it, it can't feel great either, right? I mean it, it's it's 
it, 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 there's like you almost get I, I'm assuming that it feels like it's a little bit of a kickback and then you're like all right I got to move forward and this is what's in front of me and, and I'm going to do the best I can and and represent myself the way as I want to as, as far as what well when you get traded I'm, I'm just talking about like when you get traded it, it can't feel good oh. but then you then you know also realize well so, some other team wants me so there's that and and hey I, you know I got a lot of pride in myself but I, I would just think that that's an adjustment as a young guy even though you understand it's a business but it, it can't be easy no, it's definitely an adjustment. It's definitely an adjustment, but um, I look at it as the, the business comes to the light when you're traded, you know, and it's something that you go through as a player, and it allows you to understand the business part of it. So um, I think it's all beneficial, but um, it depends on the situation. If you go into a situation where it's the best one for you and you're leaving a situation that was great, but there's a greater one, can't be you can't be mad at that. Um, you know, and then there's always opportunity for a fresh start. For guys, and it all it takes is one team to to kind of want you. So um, that's that's the beauty of our sport, and I mean that's that's why we get paid the big bucks to perform in it. So it's fun. Yeah, is that kind of how you're looking at this? Like, hey, I was in a whatever the situation was, it was great, but this could be even an even better spot for me. Yeah, I man, I, I think I was in a greater situation and went to a greater situation. To be honest, yeah. How do you, how do you uh, how do you feel about Steve Kerr and his uh, you know he'll he'll talk about basketball but he'll talk about other things as well. Yeah, that's man. You're, uh, I get the opportunity to around some Hall of Fame people just in general on and off the court. Yeah, uh, coaches and players, staff, whatever it may be, and get an opportunity to just be around them people in general. I think um, there's so much that I can learn and, and just be a sponge whenever I'm around those caliber of people. Yeah. I know you don't want to talk about the past, but I just got to tell you one thing. I I, I know some people in 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 the in in the Brooklyn organization, and and they said you were awesome in that locker room, did a ton to lift up that team, and and you were nothing but first class. So I I just want to pass that along to you, D'Angelo. That 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 was that was that was what I got on my on my research. So congrats on that. I appreciate that, man. That's that's cool, man. That make my mom proud. Yeah, is, is is your mom keeping close eye on you? For sure, for sure. That make her proud to hear that that statement. Well, you you can tell her. I mean that that came that came from high up the food chain. So so just know that. Uh, what I, I'll I'll give you one more too. I, we're in Chicago here. That's where Fanside is based, and I I work with Northwestern, and you crushed the Wildcats. And I'm like, I don't know who that dude is, but he's going to the league. Uh, you remember that game? I think you put up like 35 on him and hit one shot from like 50 feet out. Yeah, yeah, I remember. It. I remember that was a fun game. I had a few. I had a few um, mentors that went to Northwestern as well. They they recall that game vividly as well. Who who are the mentors? I had an agent that's a Northwestern fan as well. Okay. That I have an agent. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, here, good to talk to you, yeah. my friend. Uh, I guess uh, Steph was out there. Last one for you. Steph was out there saying that, "Hey, this is no, this is no rebuild. This is, uh, you know, we still have championship aspirations." How are you looking at that? Man, I'm following that. I agree. I agree. Um, I'm a guy. I, I don't really know what it takes, but I know that we got the, the credibility to follow. So let's do it. Did it ever bother you when he would bite the mouth guard when he was playing against you? 
See, I, I mean, I enjoy it, but I always wonder: does that does that irk guys on the court? Like his when he's pointing up at the sky, but y'all are doing your thing. That's 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 not uh, that's not something in today's game that seems to get under guys' skin. Nah, nah, not, I mean, not not me. Um, I'm not sure if there's anybody else, but not me. Cool enough. All right. Hey, D'Angelo, good luck, man. Uh, enjoy Golden State. You're in an awesome situation, and, and uh, congrats on working with Foot Locker. The evolution of swoosh, I think that's something that a lot of people can identify with. Man, I appreciate that. Thank you. Ethan Brutal joining the conversation now. Ashley Young still here. You guys are all hyped on my wedding, which is <laughs> um, so I just hit record because you guys are asking me lots of questions. What do you want to know about my wedding? Why weren't we invited and therefore have to crash the wedding? Yes. Well, first everything off, Ashley um, said, I did. I mean, most likely it's true you won't be invited, but the wedding list has not been finalized yet. So you're, you're. I wouldn't rule yourself out. Exactly. Okay. I, I, you should actually make a move for why you should be included. I mean, I care greatly about both of you. I want you both to succeed in life. I think you're both wonderful people. Now, why would you want to come to my wedding? Here, I think we haven't talked about this, but I feel like we're on the same page. We're very sociable people, and you can stick us at the table with the weird cousin, and we'll keep them away from everyone else. Well, I don't want to be stuck with the weird cousin. I'm sorry. You can't. We can go together, but <laughs> I, I don't want to be I felt like stuck. that was our way in. No, no, no. I mean, I, I just want to, I just feel that. like we can be, I think we can be a lot of fun, and we can just add to the wedding, and people will be like, whoa, those people are having fun. We're on the dance floor. Other people are on the dance floor, and you just want people to have fun at your wedding, and I feel like we can do that. Carm, I want to come to the wedding, but don't stick me with the weird. I mean, you can stick me with them, but then I'm going to stick them with someone else. It's implied we're fun. Yeah, okay. a lot of people are fun. It's what can we bring to the table? No. So, so the weird. A the lot weird of people cousin. are not fun. That's a. I no. Let me jump in on my own yeah. wedding. The, the weird cousin table. The weird cousins are going to be sitting with the weird cousins. Right. So we don't need any additions oh, there. Wonderful. Yeah. So, so <laughs> that that's not a selling point. I, I can. Uh, you would be at you know one of the many uh, media tables mm. if i if we are to go down there but i'm under heavy heavy pressure now from upper management to pare down the list i okay. i had the list you know somewhere around you know 250 and now uh, as we've actually done the pricing and whatnot we're trying to get it to 150 so now it's like well who am i going to cut this is very difficult uh, wait is it 250 just on your side or we're talking no 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 total? that's a, okay. that's a total number uh, unfortunately, I, if we're really being serious about this, like I did not go for my own uh, thing at the beginning, like really like hammering out where I wanted to have it, and I allowed that to happen. So now we picked this uh, very pricey location. <laughs> so now the list is is, is in jeopardy. Uh, so you know, I'm, I'm talking like college roommates who are you know, well, you know, haven't Ooh. seen you in ten years. You're probably gone. That's that my question. Is I've never planned a wedding. What is the protocol for who gets the cut and who makes the final list? Uh, well, that's that's another thing that I'm working on right now, Ashley. Thank you for mm. asking. Like, what uh, you know, what is the protocol? Or do I think that I'll talk to this person in ten years? Do they really like me, or do they think I'm a pain in the ass? Do I like them? Like, all these things are are in play. It's tough. Did like, they text you for your birthday? Did they text me for my birthday? Did you text me for his? birthday? I forgot. I don't, I don't know I when his birthday is. When's your birthday? Uh, didn't get a text from you. Didn't get is a text it, was from it you. Really? Yeah. <laughs> 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 the only person in this oh, in the fan sided office who sent me a text yesterday was Patrick Allen, the uh, our esteemed boss, and 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 I mean that's uh, that's one guy who's most definitely going to get an invite to this wedding, but didn't get anything from Ethan, didn't get anything from Ashley. I know we Honestly, shot ourselves in the though. foot. Did I you know? knew when I came in today, and he dropped the yesterday uh, was my birthday. I- I didn't drop any yesterday. Uh, yes, you did. Uh, did we were talking about pancakes and bloody noses and birthdays. 
Did I say birthday there? Because I thought I just said wedding invitations. I don't think I said birthday, Ashley Young. There, there was something about a birthday. There was something about a birthday? There was something about a birthday. Wait, Corm, can I just offer a pro tip getting back to this wedding? I'm sorry, Mr. Birthday, okay? But pro tip is obviously <laughs> you just got to gotta invite a bunch of people that you know aren't going to come, right? Well, I mean, how many people are you doing that with? See, I think people like generally think of me fondly and they're going to want to come. I think they're going to, I mean. No, I know, but like, come on, you, a guy that you're like, oh, I'm friends with him, but he lives out in like California. I mean, is he going to come I'm, in I'm Thanksgiving getting, weekend, right? I'm getting California people texting me like, hey, either you're inviting me or I'm just going to show up. They're like, that's the level of, of, of oh, love that the so people then have. So, so, then, so then if I text you right now, Carm, either I'm invited or I'm going to show up. Well, How see, that's that? the thing with you. Like, I feel like I don't have to invite you because you are creative. <laughs> it doesn't crash it. Yeah. And I really don't care where you sit. You could just go back room and have apps and like, and, and just and and, and that therefore you know we don't have to pay the whatever it is per yeah. person that I know sure. deeply in my brain that I'm not going to talk about <laughs> right now to have you there. Uh, I don't know you know Deal. Right. right. So just okay. come. Why don't you so, just come? Yeah. All right. <laughs> yes. All right, guys. Easy. You heard it here first on the podcast. <laughs> I was just formally invited to the wedding. I don't need a card or any invitation uh, to solidify my stance. There. I mean, it's kind of you know it would be on brand. You know, you just whatever. We're come. Uh, the, what, yeah. Car, are we doing that wedding thing today? <laughs> yes. No, it's, yeah. it, it's tonight. We're in. Maybe we should record an episode during the wedding. Uh, well, that's possible. <laughs> I, I do it. So here, let me uh, segue because uh, this w- weekend was a big wedding weekend. We did the invitations. Mm. Uh, so we went to the invitation store. Uh, I'm still one. Wondering why I was why I didn't just say no. Uh, if it's purple, if it's beige, if it's uh, rainbow, I really don't care. You can pick out whatever you want, and I'm not going to fight you on pricing for the invitation. I know this matters to you. You want to have a nice invitation to put in your book and all that. Let's be, let me be a great partner, and you can pick. But I also wanted to be the guy that would show up, so I went out to the invitation thing, and we looked at the invitations, and I was like, I of course would pick the cheapest invitation right there because that <laughs> looks like a very nice invitation. And uh, eventually, I did win the war, and we got to the cheapest invitation. So go Carm. Very proud of myself. What's How, the going rate of an invitation these days? Uh, it's like a r- roughly the ones that we were looking at. Uh, probably like the the one that I got was maybe eight bucks an invitation. Okay. Uh, the the on the higher end is like a that we were looking at was the the fourteen buck uh, invitation. Ooh, okay. And that's a six dollar invi- You know that's a six. No, yeah, I can do that, man. So yeah. that's you know you you a hundred invitations, six hundred bucks. Right. You know, I, I could think of better things to do with six hundred bucks myself. I don't. I'm sure you can too. I can, yeah. So, but the point is that after the after the wedding invitation thing, we had the the Mark and his dad and Chelsea and her mom breakfast. All right, so we're all sitting down. Now, my dad is an older gentleman, and he's a stubborn gentleman, and I love him. We're gonna have him on the podcast one of these weeks here, Papa Fred. So, Papa Fred sits down for breakfast, Ethan, mm-hmm. and Papa Fred has got a little situation with the nose. And I don't know if he was doing a lot of itching or what was going on, but we had a, 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 a blood uh, drippage, mm. and, and 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 so he, you know, he's ninety three years old. Sure, uh, he's busting out the handkerchief. That's what that era does, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which, by the way, can we can we just talk about the handkerchief? Is it not the most disgusting thing out there in the it, world? I think it is. It is. <laughs> yeah. It is right. <laughs> like, why would you it's... blow a wad of snot and then put it in your pocket? Yeah. that goes in the garbage. Goes in the garbage. Man. That, but that era goes out of all the... things that goes in the garbage. Of all yeah. things, right? I garbage. mean, like, would yeah. you pick your nose and put it in your pocket? I I don't think you would do that. That's basically what you're doing with Not the handkerchief. Since I was in kindergarten, anyways. Right, right. So, but so, so Papa Fred is now got we got blood all over this handkerchief, and 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 and, and you know, uh, my lovely fiance and wife are just looking at this blood, and then the, and and food's coming. So, but he he, my dad won't. My dad is like hopeful that this thing is going to stop, and it's not stopping. So literally <laughs> the whole breakfast, he's gone through. 
a hundred napkins and he keeps looking at it hoping it's going to stop and so I'm sitting next to him I'm seeing they were in the booth I'm seeing this puddle of blood I'm like dad dad please just 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 leave it on there just go with the pressure move Let, let's actually you know what let's take our let's take our pancakes to the bathroom and have breakfast <laughs> and let, let's let's let, let them eat and and we'll we'll reconvene and do this again how about that in fact my birthday dinner was last night we'll all see him at the birthday dinner why don't you guys go your own way but instead uh, it was just turned into a blood-filled, like Godfather-style mess at Walker Brothers Pancake House, hmm. and and and, uh, and 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 some people didn't eat their breakfast because it was just so um, unbecoming. Now I threw down my German pancake, which is about the biggest thing you could possibly order. I know that proud of you, yeah, yeah for right. sure. So I mean, I was just ripping through it so we could get the check and get out of here. Um, I don't know what the point of this whole story no. is, but it was well, tough. I think the point. I mean, what you got to do. I mean, I think there's no question about it. You got to wad up some wad up some napkin and shove it in there, and then it just holds. And then 20 minutes later, mm-hmm. you go to the bathroom, you take it out, and you're fine. But it was on the bridge. It was like it was like. What do you mean it was on the bridge? It was coming through the middle. No. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It was like literally coming through the middle situation. I maybe. No, wait. I don't what does think that mean? So. It can't come through the yeah, middle. Maybe it wasn't. It can't come through the middle. Did he cut himself? It goes and then it could like be dripping from the middle. So you got to wipe that off, but then plug it up. It needed to be plugged. I, I, I didn't realize. Why that. are we? This is what we're talking about. I mean, I can't. I think the, well, no, this, this is, is important. This, no, this, I mean, this, this is on the mark with Mark Carmen. You got to go. Life, my dad's bleeding at the table. Wad up and throw it, shove it in there, and plug him up. No one said anything. Like the server wasn't concerned that there's blood all over the restaurant, and no, and you know what he's. You so know, people don't say stuff to a ninety-three. You know, it's like I just feel like it, as a server, I would be like. Hey, like, here's some extra napkins. You know what I mean? I mean, I think we... Here's, well, like, a ShamWow from well, the back kitchen. Well, we really Whoa, <laughs> bringing out the ShamWow? <laughs> oh, my I mean? goodness. Like, help this old man out. Man, they is got that, ShamWow still? Is that an apron? It's, like, one of those Wait, didn't the ShamWow things? guy, like, go to prison for something terrible? Oh, don't, don't link me to that. Right? Don't link Hunter's me to that. like, yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Yeah, Walker Brothers is a good organization. They don't they do not do the ShamWow. Just look it up. ShamWow guy, I'm telling you, he's in prison. He, I don't... Here, he's dead. One of those two. And if he's dead and he didn't do anything wrong, then I feel bad about it. But I'm pretty sure he's in prison, though. I, I don't know what this said as we wrap this one up. I don't know what this means for the wedding, but that, it can't be any worse than that. Yeah. Like, like I, that, that, was, that was a tough one. Especially because of the wedding, I'll be there. So you know it'll be right. time. And yeah. you, you would have just jumped in and plugged yeah. it up. Plug and, it up. And, plug and, it up. And, and let's got, move on. Let the show go let the show go on. I think we needed a doctor with some stitches, to be yeah. honest. Just it sounds like it cut himself. If it, it wasn't coming from, like, inside his nose. Doesn't, he, he doesn't know what's he going on. He didn't cut himself. Oh. I'm overstating that uh, part. Ashley, what's going on with the ShamWow? guy can we um, get this he successfully sued anna nicole smith for four million dollars in arrest. 2000 oh we didn't get there okay. yeah <laughs> okay he was arrested in miami beach in 2009 on a charge of felony battery after an altercation with a 26 year old sex worker okay big right turn. Uh, yeah so there's, <laughs> big right turn. there's the sham wow all right now i'm glad she bit his tongue and would not let go all right. Okay. So uh, good to see you, Ethan. Anything else we need to get out this week? Uh, I, I know that you have deep plans for the podcast today. Uh, I, I did have deep plans when you texted me this morning at 7.24 a.m. and you said, hey, man, what? how you, about this morning? I, I got one right turn for you. Do you yeah. have, I'm going to talk about this. Do you have any thoughts on Antonio Brown not wearing, want, wanting to wear a helmet, rather, <laughs> that's 10 years old, that's now on the extinct, the NFL says you can't, you can't wear this anymore? Does this bother you? Um, well, I think it's hilarious. At this this day and age where everyone's just like that's it I'm gonna retire I don't care I'll retire like everyone's just it's they're cool with that I mean it's just an absurd thing um you know if, if the NFL they got you know they got rules for a reason so okay. I think he should just kind of grow up and do what he's got to do right grow you know? up and do what you got to do yeah put, put on the damn safe helmet you right. baby yeah slash NFL player 
Okay, yeah, we'll get to that. In Large a baby with really good hands and Large. very fast feet. Yeah. Yes, right. But uh, broken feet. Right, wear socks when you broken do. feet. Oh <laughs> yes, did you see that picture of his feet? I did. Cryotherapy. You got to wear your socks, man, or whatever it is, your shoes or whatever Ooh. they give you for cryo. I don't understand how that happened. You tell me you don't know what to that's, wear for cryotherapy. That's that's yeah. probably not. Probably, him, same thing with the helmet. He's like, I don't want to wear your shoes. If he, that's possible. If he's right? like, I ain't wearing that. My feet are cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not wearing it. And if if I do have to wear it, then I'm going to retire. All right. Ethan, great to see you, my friend. Always a pleasure. You man. Like Your beard dig- looks good, by the way. You too. You like the di- new digs here? I love it, yeah. It's, it's sweet. It's a big move. All right. The video coming soon for the podcast. See you at the wedding. See you at the wedding. We continue with my friend Robert Ford is in town with the uh, Houston Astros, the greatest team in the history of baseball. Robert, good to see you. Good to be here. So... First of all, I want your thoughts on the beard. We're, we're longtime friends, Kansas City. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think? Am I, am I pulling it off or no? I know this is a podcast and nobody can see if it. If you were wearing, you need a pipe to get the pull off the college professor look. I think right now with the jeans and t-shirt, you're pulling off the dot-com millionaire who's just living off his riches look. Right. Which both obviously fit you very well. I mean, I think so. <laughs> so, all right, let's look at the... So the Astros are 77-41. and 41. I went to the University of Iowa, so that means I can probably do this math. That is 36 games over 500. They have a 184 on the positive with the run differential, which I think is a key statistic for those of us, which is second in baseball to the Dodgers, who are 79-41, and 41, so one game better, and you're tied with the Yankees. Uh, and this is year after year after year, and the best of Astros are signed for many years. I mean, Carlos Correa is, I guess, the, the, not the lo- is the least longest signed, but you've got Altuve signed forever. You even have Verlander, now Granke locked up. Uh, when you got there, they were winning 42 games. This is, this is unbelievable that the Astros have turned into the greatest team in baseball. Well, they, you know, you, when you rebuild like the Astros did, yeah, my first year, 2013, they lost 111 games, a franchise record, and now they're in a position to get their third consecutive 100-win season. They, didn't, they had three straight 100-loss seasons, 11 to 13. And so then you, you stockpile some high draft picks. You get the high bonus pools, which allows you to – to really spin freely in the in the draft or more freely in the draft and also internationally so that helps but you also need to have a little bit of luck too you need guys to pan out for you we've seen lots of high draft picks who haven't worked out i mean the astros had three first overall picks in a row and only one of them is currently in the big leagues with the astros actually only one of them is in the big leagues at all and that's carlos correa brady aiken uh, I'm not even sure if he's still pitching, but he's ill with injuries. Mark Appel, he retired from baseball, uh, and he had been traded to the Phillies before that by the Astros. So you still need quite a bit of luck. You need some things to go your way. You need some diamonds in a rough, like a guy like Altuve, who wasn't seen as a prospect but just kept hitting and has continued to hit at the big league level. Uh, but And then you need to try and, and supplement that with additional players, whether it's veterans, whether it's more young players, and then you have to try and lock some guys up long-term, like the Astros have done with Altuve, Alex Bregman, you mentioned Verlander, and now Zach Granke in the fold. So what's it like being around this group every day? I mean, I know some play-by-play guys, they go to the booth and they do their business and they, they don't have any relationship with the players. That's not the Robert Ford style. He's, you're, you're down in the dugout and you're around. So what, what, what's it like uh, just the – you know, this is a team that's had a ton of success. People talk about how do you motivate yourself to keep going. Baseball season is forever. I mean, what do you see? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with the, the group of guys in that room. They all keep each other accountable. Uh, they all want to win. 
they've won already, which I think is a big thing. And they've also they also know what it's like for their season to end before uh, getting a World Series trophy, like last year when they lost to the Red Sox in the ALCS. So they they know they know what it's like to to go all the way, and they know what it takes. Um, and they also they don't phone it in. I mean, they are they are it doesn't matter who they're playing, they're going to go all out. So I think it has to do with the guys in the room. I think it also has to do with A.J. Hinch, manager, who sets a really good tone. Uh, he's, I think, the prototype of what you want in a manager in this day and age, someone who can understand and communicate some of the analytics and advanced metrics, but also has the heartbeat of the clubhouse and knows how to communicate with players and knows how to get the most out of guys. And uh, he's, he's certainly a big part of what the Astros have done. I mean, you look back at baseball the last – four years as far as World Series champions. The Royals, who no one thought was ever going to win another, get to the playoffs, let alone win a World Series. And, of course, they went back-to-back years and won it in 15. The Cubs, 108 years, nobody thought that was going to happen, let alone being down three games to one and coming back with three straight to do it. And then the Astros, who had never done it. Yeah. Uh, um, and, and and last year, of course, the Red Sox uh, were the best team in baseball wire to wire. But I mean, you've, you've seen, my point is that you've seen teams jump up and do this now that haven't, and everybody's got the same philosophy uh, or are trying to imitate what the Royals did, what the Cubs did, and what the Astros have done. But to your point, you don't know just because you're getting high picks that this is going to work. I mean, the Pittsburgh yeah. Pirates are on, what, rebuild number 7,000 right now, and you can say that for a lot of teams. There's, I, you know, I, I saw something from Theo Epstein recently. No one knows shit. Like, you, you don't know how these guys are going to turn out. You can yeah. have all the smartest and all the data. So there is a lot of luck involved. But, I, you know, I don't, I don't know how that plays with – you also have to have smart people, too, who do make sure. wise guesses that are more likely to work out than not. I don't know how you boil all that down. I think the thing that's changed – I think it's harder to do now what the Astros did with the rebuild because when the Astros were really doing – starting to do all that shifting and – Relying a lot more on the analytics, there weren't as many teams who were doing that at the time. Uh, now so everyone does it, right? now everyone does it to a certain extent. Some obviously way more than others, but everybody does it. So some of the advantages that the Astros may have had in terms of analytics and the Cubs as well, you could throw on that boat. Uh, uh, teams now are more likely to have caught up with them, or at least be close to them than they were when you talk about 2013, 14, 15. Uh, so I think that makes it a little harder. Um, also, there are a lot more teams trying to do what the Astros did and what the Cubs did and completely tear down and get high draft picks and things like that. So there's a lot more competition. I mean, you look at especially the American League. The National League's a little more wide open. But the American League, I mean, I feel like all the teams that are currently – in playoff spots where all teams you're expected to be there, with the exception of the Twins. The Twins are the one surprise. But everybody else, I mean, we knew the Yankees were going to be good. They've had a lot of injuries, but uh, they, they, they've, they've still managed to win a lot of games. Red Sox are a bit surprising how much they've struggled and right now look like they may not be in the playoffs. Tampa Bay had a good year last year. Not surprising what they're doing. Astros, as we just mentioned. Uh, the Indians, not a surprise that you know they're tied, tied for first with the Twins and, and probably battle it out until the 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 very end of the season but then after that like it's a bunch of teams that not, not we're not even talking mediocre teams that are bad uh so i mean you think about you know the al central with the white Sox and the the tigers and the and the royals i mean there could be four teams this year that lose 100 games the orioles are terrible again in the east uh you know they're, they're just a lot of bad baseball teams toronto so 
there are a lot more teams trying to do what the Astros and Cubs were doing a few years ago, so that makes it a lot harder also, and that means you need to get even luckier than I think the Astros and Cubs did. Right, competition at the bottom. All right, you are a Twitter-friendly Robert Ford. You're, Depends on the day. But Well, most <laughs> days you're out there, you're giving your thoughts, and you're responding to people. And then people like to have the conversation – how much do you incorporate all the new statistics and shifting and BABIP and ISO and WRC plus that give me a headache. But when I take the time to actually look at what they are, okay, that's somewhat interesting. I get it. And then launch angles like, like some of this to me just doesn't feel new. Oh, by the way, when you hit the baseball really hard, it's more likely to fall for a hit. Oh, and then there is factors where, you know what? You could hit it really hard, but it might go right at somebody. So you might, your batting average might be down 20 points this year. So none of that seems new, but there's a new way of talking about it. I mean, how do you – what's the Robert Ford broadcast radio strategy to bring that in? When you – you know, it's not like they can see what's going on. You've got to bring the action too. Well, I think – one of the great things about a lot of the the numbers that we have now and Statcast and everything is you can um, quantify a lot of the things that we already knew before. So before we may have known, hey, this guy, uh, his fastball has, seems like it has some hop on it, and uh, he's able to ride it up in the zone, and even and, you know it looks faster than his velocity would say it is. But now you can say he has the top spin rate in baseball or something like that. Or someone hits a home run, and you say, man, he you know, he really barreled that ball up. Well, now I can tell you, oh, he, it was 110 miles an hour off the bat. And, you know, his launch angle was, you know, 25 degrees. So it was, you know, more of a line drive, uh, things like that. I think that's really helped paint the picture because that's what all this stuff does. And that's what we're trying to do on radio. And you're trying to do on TV to a certain extent as well is paint the picture and tell the story about what's going on. So I think all the numbers help do that. Obviously, you have to pick and choose. But, I mean, you had to pick and choose before. You didn't use, we didn't use all the numbers that were out there before all the sabermetrics became so readily available and, and some of the analytics. So I still think you have to pick and choose. There's just a lot more to choose from now. Steve Sparks? My broadcast partner. He's a wild man, is he not? He can be. But he's fantastic. You know, he we can be joking around one second, and the next second he can give spot-on analysis about what's going on. Yeah, I, 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 lo- I love the chemistry you have there. Uh, before you go, because we got to go have lunch because there's a meeting coming up here, and i got to make that on time, so we're going to cut this to drop short. These are things that people want to know right now, Robert Ford. <laughs> your story as a broadcaster is one of my favorite things. You're, you're, you made your demo – I believe sitting, was it a Yankee or Shea? Well, for my first job in pro baseball, it was both Yankee and Shea Stadium. Okay, so you're in the crowd, and what happens? Who hits a home run? Uh, Well, there were a few. Um, uh, The first demo that I sent out to get my first job in minor league baseball in 2002, uh, there was a Manny Ramirez home run on it, I believe, when he was with Boston. Yeah. trying to think there was a there was a bernie williams home run that's right as well uh from the yankees because it was a yankees red sox game was the majority of the demo and there was also some mets braves highlights oh and i think actually i realized when you're talking about the first one on my demo was the home run mike piazza hit off the braves in the first baseball game in new york after 9-11 and weren't didn't you have somebody sitting to your left and someone sitting to your right and you're sitting there with the tape recorder? Like normally when people do tapes in a major league stadium or a college stadium, they're in the last row, no one's around, they got their tape recorder out, but Ford had you had you had Billy on you your left. You do what you have to do. Do what you have to do. Uh, I mean I people it. think you're weird, but you know what? You want you want it, you have to you have to go for it. 
It's awesome, man. Uh, year what was this now in Houston? Year seven. Year seven on a 70-year deal, baby, right? We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, will we see the Astros in the World Series? I mean, they're as good of a bet as anybody. I mean, I think the Astros and the Yankees, they've been the two best teams in the American League, so I think it'll be one of them. All right, I'm predicting. I, th- I think you're taking the whole thing this year. That's, that's the Mark Carmen prediction, uh, unless, uh, of course, White Sox and or Cubs get super hot coming up here. But I'm, I, I, I like, <laughs> from what I've seen, uh, the best team in baseball is the Houston Astros, and you just added Zach Granke. So uh, enjoy it, Robert Ford. You're in, a, you're in a prime spot, brother. All right, thanks for having me. Final thoughts today come from the world of football, and I want to weigh in on Antonio Brown and the Oakland Raiders. Brown says he, quote, won't play football until he can wear his old helmet, which is now banned by the NFL. There was supposedly a two-hour conference call with an independent arbiter, and Brown was explaining why he should wear his 10-year-old helmet, which is dangerous to Antonio Brown and could end up with him not being able to think. I would argue that right now he's clearly not able to think. And I would also point out this. We hold football players and athletes in general as these super tough guys, right? They play football. They get hit. They compete at the highest level. They take on the pressure. And then on the other side, somehow... They act like the biggest babies on the planet. Tom Brady, arguably greatest quarterback of all time. That's at least considered by many. He doesn't like his helmet either. And it's really hard for Tom to do uh, or to come out of his comfort zone and wear this new helmet, even though he knows it's for the best of him and everybody else in the league who should be wearing the most comfortable helmets. 32 players last year we're wearing helmets that are now banned. I'm only hearing from Antonio Brown and Tom Brady who are having a problem. Brady wants the ball to his liking, right? Brown will have an issue wherever it is. You know who's actually the toughest guy going right now? That would be the cheerleader in Philadelphia, Kyle Tangway, who's willing to stand out there with a herd of women by himself with a pom-pom and cheering his eyes out to inspire the fans and, in theory, the players as well. What's not tough is having a problem with your helmet and then being an enormous baby about it and impacting your teammates. Wouldn't the Oakland Raiders, for the love of God, like to get off to a good start here in the preseason and training camp and come into the season with some flow that is on the level that wasn't last year with John Gruden in his first season? Antonio Brown, you left Pittsburgh as badly as you possibly could have done it. And now you're starting off with your new organization basically the same way. Time to look in the mirror. I know you're wealthier beyond your wildest dreams, and maybe you don't need the dough. But you would like to think that leaving the game, whenever that is, that you leave a legacy of a guy who was a professional and enjoyed it and did everything he possibly could to help his team win games. Complaining about your helmet, for lack of a better word, pathetic. Antonio, come on around. Thanks for listening. On the Mark with Mark Carmen. Thanks to Ashley Young and Ethan Blumenthal and D'Angelo Russell and Robert Ford. On the Mark comes out every Monday afternoon. Subscribe, rate, tell a friend. We appreciate you, and I'll see you next week.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.